Support for Speaking of Travel comes from Asheville Regional Airport, Western North Carolina's gateway to the world. Your safety when traveling to and from Asheville is and always will be our top priority. Asheville Regional Airport. Visit flyavl.com for all your current travel information. Prestige Subaru, offering a variety of new and pre-owned all-wheel drive Subarus. Built with the zero landfill promise, all waste is recycled or reused with more at PrestigeSubaru.com. And Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours. You'll be at the top of the city as you experience Asheville's history and scenic beauty, historic landmarks, and award-winning rooftop bars. Transportation is provided with tours offered daily, year-round. Find out more at AshevilleRooftopBarTours.com. Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball, and you're listening to Speaking of Travel right here on News Radio 570 WWNC. Now remember, you can always listen to this episode of Speaking of Travel or any past episode with a simple click on the Speaking of Travel website, which is speakingoftravel.net, or you can go to the iHeartRadio app, to iTunes, Spotify, pretty much every podcast platform now has Speaking of Travel. So go back and listen to some of the past podcasts and listen to some of the guests tell their wonderful stories of travel and get inspired and start making plans even if you just start a journal and write down here's where i really want to go then you'll have a list and when you're ready you can fly here right from Asheville from the Asheville Regional Airport and I'm here today with Tina Kinsey she is the director of marketing PR and air service development at the Asheville Regional Airport and she's going to give us a catch-up of what's happening today where where we are in aviation and just kind of be our eyes on the ground. Tina, thank you again for being t- being here today on Speaking of Travel. Absolutely. It's always a pleasure, Marilyn. Well, Tina, you're kind of, uh, you know, on the ground, I guess we could say, with what's going on over there at the airport. Why don't you fill us in? Because as an important infrastructure, we need to kind of keep keep our ears to the ground on what's happening over there. Sure, sure. So, um, you know, no surprise to anyone uh, with all of the restrictions that are in place across the country um, and the recommendation for only essential travel to be happening, air travel has come to an almost near standstill. Um, and that's across the country. Uh, the we're, we're getting reports and seeing that the Transportation Security Administration has screened the lowest number of daily passengers um, in their history. Um, so really, that's no surprise. But what it means is that you know, the country is coming together in this time of crisis and doing what needs to be done. So at the airport, we are certainly team players. We are there um, making sure that, uh, you know, we're doing our part as well. Um, For instance, you know, we do have travelers every day. There are still people who need to fly for very important reasons. Um, But 
you know, for instance, Buncombe County um, has put an issue in place that anyone who arrives from out of state, they have to self-quarantine for 14 days. And that means even if you live in Buncombe County and you have been somewhere else and you fly home, you have to self-quarantine. And that means you go home and you do not leave for two weeks, even to go to the grocery store. And so we are doing our part to help give that messaging at the airport so that people are informed. Um, You know, that's one thing that we're doing and um, keeping things very clean for the people who are needing to travel. Uh, We're part of the critical infrastructure, so we're going to remain open and operational uh, for, for the travel that does need to take place. Well, let's talk a little bit about that, Tina, because as we've talked about in the past, uh, even with the airport coming to almost a standstill, there are people who show up and go to work there every single day, and their jobs are essential. So let's talk a little bit about our friends and neighbors and people who are right here in our own backyard who get up every day and go to the airport. Sure. So, I mean, frontline we have our custodians and they are they are doing such a good job keeping things very clean um, per CDC guidelines right now so they're there every day our maintenance staff is there keeping the everything operating the way that it should um, we have operations team members who are at the airport um, you know keeping safe and clear doing those inspections um, and among other things and of course our Department of Public Safety uh, they're there 24-7 and you know our partners our airline partners you know we've got flight crews and ticket agents and um, you know rental car agents and people who are at the airport doing what needs to be done the the number of people they're serving is has certainly diminished greatly but it doesn't mean that um, they are less important so there they all are and and you know behind the scenes too not even really behind the scenes if you drive down the road you can see there's some construction still happening you know this this situation will not last forever and we have to keep things um, progressing so that we're ready when when travel does return. And so we're finishing work on a parking lot, a, a remote parking lot across the street from the airport. There's still work being done um, on our airfield and, you know, some other places on the campus. So there is a lot of work still happening um, at the airport. And we're looking forward to welcoming travelers back. I love that, looking forward. I think that's definitely become kind of a even a hashtag of moving forward, looking forward. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about these projects that, that have been ongoing. The airport has really, uh, over the last couple of years, made uh, an investment in uh, uh, progress. So let's talk a little bit about that. You talked about the parking lot that comes on the heels of your beautiful new uh it's not that new anymore but it still seems so new uh parking deck right uh, right and now you're actually putting more parking down below and then i notice there's a lot of runway work what's going on out there we're finishing up a long-term uh runway project built uh 
work on our brand new runway. Um, and so that work is continuing. Um, and, you know, this is this is long term work. This is for the future of our airport and our region. It is a, p- a mile of pavement that will serve our community for the next 50 years. So very strategic and very important. So, you know, that work does need to continue. I think people forget sometimes that uh, when you're looking at an infrastructure as important as an airport where you need to not only move people here and there, but also goods and uh, and obviously in a time like now, be able to turn on a dime and be flexible and uh, and have that infrastructure ready. When we look at where the airport has been over I've been here um, over 40 years, Uh, the growth has been incremental. There's been some growth and then some growth, but now you're really in for the long haul. Right, right. And, you know, this, where we are right now, we're going to see a dip. We're in a valley right now. Everyone is. um, And we'll climb back out of that. And it will take some time and things will look different moving forward. But we're confident that, you know, we're such a vibrant community. We really believe that um, we'll climb out of this valley and hit some new peaks um, in the future. And we just really want to stay focused on that and be ready uh, so that we're here for the region. And I think it's very important to just let everybody know that uh, when and if you need to be at the airport, uh, you couldn't really find a cleaner environment in town, right? It's, you know, we're doing our best. We really are. It's, um, it's important to do that. Um, but, you know, the, the industry, the aviation industry is a leader in in the world of public safety. You know, that's, that's a, been a focus for uh, since the beginning of, of this industry. And um, we're good at it. You know, we really do focus on safety and it's important. And we are confident that when, when air travel returns that, you know, we'll be ready um, with a safer than ever environment for our travelers. You know, one of the neat things that I'm seeing right now is um, the airlines, they also have hope. They're, you know, they're having to take it day by day, but they're they're publishing some pretty great deals right now for travel uh, later this summer. You know, I encourage people to take a look at that. Um, dream a little. Uh, if you can, uh, book a trip, you know, for later. Ha- have that hope um, because air travel is coming back. The, our, our lives are coming back. It, it will. We don't know exactly when, but it will. Well, I am. I'm ready. I'm ready to get on the first plane. (laughs) Me too. Any place. I'm not kidding. I'm ready to get on a plane and go any place. So, Tina, how can we get more information? Always visit our website, flyavl.com. We're doing our best to include um, important information, and we'll start sharing also on our social media. Um, we have Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. We'll, we'll share um, information from the airlines. Um, you know, we have a goal to keep everyone informed um, as things begin to open up again and change so that people's dreams can start to become reality. They're, those travel dreams. 
Well, Tina, thank you so much. We're all going to be dreaming together, and, and I appreciate you coming on Speaking of Travel each week now and giving us an update on what's happening, because we all know that's going to be the first place we had. <laughs> yeah, great. Well, we'll be ready for you. All right. Thanks, Tina. Okay. This is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. I'll be joined with Dana Ruggiero from the Climate Listening Project today. She'll be catching us up on what's going on out there. She's also got a big scope on what's going on globally. Spring has finally sprung, and with our backyard in full bloom, now is the time to get out and find adventure wherever it may lead. From the mountains to the rivers and all the turf in between, we are no less than blessed with our beautiful backyard right here in western North Carolina. There's a will, there's a way, and for the way we have the wheels to take you wherever you wish to wander. Adventure is waiting, and the choice is yours. Find your adventure vehicle at PrestigeSubaru.com. Prestige Subaru, 585 Tunnel Road in Asheville. And welcome to Subiville. Hi, I'm Kay, the founder and owner of Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours. You usually hear me talking about our tours from the rooftops in beautiful Asheville, North Carolina. Currently, our country and the world are going through an unprecedented time with the COVID-19 pandemic and the fear and economic uncertainty that it is creating in our world. We in Asheville, a city that has been welcoming tourists to the healing properties of our Blue Ridge Mountains since the 1800s, are feeling it as well. Many things have been put on hold, but together we will get through this. Our times to explore the world or even our local hometowns and reconnect with friends and loved ones is in our future. Be strong, stay safe, and when you are in Asheville, look us up. We would love to show you the city from a bird's eye view. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars. Let me see what spring is like. Three months ago, no one really knew the coronavirus even existed. And now it's spread to almost every country in the world. And somehow, even through the mandatory home stay orders, we all seem to be coming together even more than before. Now, when you consider the Earth's ecosystems have evolved for millions of years, we have to remember that there are diverse communities all over the world, and everybody is trying to live in some sort of balance with the environment. So I am really glad to have back my guest today, Dana Ruggiero. Dana, as you know, is my partner in the Speaking of Travel and Climate Listening Project series, and Dana has been traveling all over the world to study and explore as a filmmaker and storyteller for the environment for over 20 years. She's an award-winning film director and the founder of the Climate Listening Project. She has a new documentary that I'm thrilled to be talking about with her. She is our ears on the ground to what's going on. Dana, I am so glad to have you back here on Speaking of Travel. It seems like it's been a little bit too long. I know. I'm so glad to be here with you, Marilyn. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, Dana, I I know I miss you, too. I have been uh, so keeping up with what you're doing over the last six months, and you've been so busy, and you were kind of, uh, it's almost like foreshadowing, given the circumstances of today, the work that you've been doing. So give us a little bit of an idea about what's What's been going on in your world? Yeah, starting back last year, I uh, 
started filming doctors and nurses, epidemiologists, pulmonologists, pediatricians uh, around the Southeast. I started at the Narrative Healthcare Conference hosted by Laura Hope Gill and, um, you know, featuring amazing uh, thought leaders in, in that were mixing healthcare and humanities and offering solutions to heal healers. And so we started filming there. Uh, we went on to travel around with Mothers and Others for Clean Air uh, to a Grand Rounds training on climate change and air pollution, uh, filming at uh, small doctor's offices in a mini mall in a suburb to a huge hospital in, you know, a big city to community in rural, you know, mountain country, uh, just all over different places where people seek health and wellness. And so we've, yeah, been just on the road listening, listening to our healthcare healers. And so it's, it's been, you know, since this virus uh, was actually when we were finishing, uh, I did my last uh, filming in uh, like January, February. And so we've been in post-production editing uh, during quarantine. That is really just, it, it's so, uh, I don't know, just kind of meaningful that that the focus that you had was going out and really talking to people in the medical field. And now they're the rock stars. I mean, they're the front lines and give me a little bit of an idea of what it was like going out into these communities. Oh, my goodness. You know, I'm thinking about them every single day, all day long, hoping that they are well and hoping that they are, you know, staying healthy, but also just staying healthy in their minds as they're as they're dealing with this horrible, you know, pandemic that we're all, you know, that we're all experiencing together right now. Um, but yeah, healthcare, pro- you know, providers, practitioners, professionals, our doctors, our nurses, our surgeons, um, these healers, you know, even before this crisis, there was, you know, like what we kind of say, a, a crisis before the crisis. And, um, you know, they experience, endure, and keep track of phenomena that we, you know, mostly, most of us don't see in a lifetime, you know, the suffering, the the death, uh, you know, and so kind of listening to them and finding out about those struggles um, when they're trying to take time, you know, to find solutions, find time to listen, to listen to the stories of their patients, uh, find time to um, share stories with each other in 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 share narratives. And so um, basically, you know, kind of healing healers is is that that idea to help address the crisis of burnout in today's medical field, which is very, very real even before this crisis. And part of it has to do with just so much time um, demands on them to, you know, spend time on computers, spend time hurrying up, um, and, and not having enough time to really spend with the patients. And so now you can imagine now that this crisis is happening, of course, they have even less time, right? They're, they're rushing. They're, they're, they're not able to bring people's families in to be there with them. So, you know, there's not as much we can do. There's, there's not the cure, right? Um, 
And so they're trying to get people well and stay well themselves. And so narrative healthcare kind of provides that solution of, of writing, of, of telling their stories, even poetry, um, just being able to, you know, communicate data and cope with stress through narrative. That's so, it's so important. And, and I love the fact that you were able to, uh, as you always do, Dana, really be able to find this cross section of, of the communities. You, you went into rural areas and you went into uh, urban areas and suburbs. You were able to really uh, get a cross section of these healers. And here, it sounds to me like you're hearing the same kind of uh, stories from them of needs and wants and uh, and how to really be able to uh, express themselves. Yes, absolutely. From an intensive care unit, you know, an ICU nurse in rural Tennessee in the mountains to, um, you know, a pediatric pulmonologist in the city of Atlanta uh, to, you know, Duke University's wellness center uh, to a counselor there. Uh, we're, we're hearing the same things. And, uh, you know, when we were filming, you know, all of these months and months of filming, it was, you know, trying to find that relationship uh, and listen to, you know, what they needed around, you know, medicine and story and how important it is to listen and how that can really heal our healers. And and in that time, kind of thinking about it as the crisis before the crisis at that time, it was around this this climate change and air pollution loop. I mean, this crisis that we're all dealing with, that's kind of this unconnected pandemic that is already happening and continues to get worse where, you know, the air we breathe is causing respiratory illnesses. Um, hurricanes are bringing in new um you know, things in the air that are causing unseasonal allergies um, and, of course, many other impacts, uh, forest fires, triggering asthma and other respiratory illnesses, heart disease, stroke uh, from air pollution and you know, uh, mosquitoes or bugs that had never been in a state before, all of a sudden in a state because of climate change and, and, you know, heat illness. I mean, the list goes on and on. All of those things are, you know, show up differently at the doctor's office, show up differently at a hospital. And so oftentimes, you know, we're, we're not connecting these things, even as individuals, even as, you know, you and me, and, and of course, everyone out there listening, it's, it's not something we think, oh, well, this is, this is climate change, right? Just like we think, oh, this is the flu. It's it's not always the case. And so it was this unconnected pandemic that Mothers and Others for Clean Air has started doing, um, you know, these grand rounds trainings at hospitals uh, across the Southeast. And, and that's one of my favorite parts about this whole process has been that these leaders, these doctors, these surgeons and nurses that we're listening to, they're in North Carolina, in Georgia, um, and in Tennessee. They're in the Southeast. These these amazing heroes are coming out of um, the South to you know shine a light on the impacts of climate change that we're seeing in the Southeast. Um, you know, and so basically, just you know, listening to the effects of air pollution and climate change on public health, especially children's health, and you know, mothers and others for clean air kind of provides that story in a different way where 
they're listening and helping doctors and healthcare practitioners to share their stories with uh, policymakers to actually make change. And I think that's something we're seeing now where we're like, why aren't we listening to our doctors, right? Why aren't we listening to our healers about what they need um, and, and listening to science? And so that's always, uh, of course, a solution is how do we connect the science and the stories for real action? Well, connecting is such an important part of what we're doing. And when we come back, I want to talk more about that. And as you recall, we had Mothers and Others for Clean Air on the show last year, and they were able to fill us in on so many positive uh, actions that they're taking. We'll talk more about that. This is Marilyn Ball. I'm here with Dana Ruggiero. We'll be right back. This is Melody from GlobalMedTravel.com, and I'd like to invite you to travel with me on a virtual tour of two UNESCO World Heritage Sites. Pull up Google Earth in your browser and type in UNESCO, that's U-N-E-S-C-O. Number 23 and 24 on the map are jaw-dropping structural masterpieces as a result of strict conditions imposed by the Roman Emperor in the mid-1600s. Three Protestant churches were permitted to be constructed in this region of Poland but were required to be built only of wood and clay. To meet this and other specifications, the builders of the Churches of Peace had to rely on what UNESCO calls pioneering constructional and architectural solutions of a scale and complexity unknown before or since in wooden architecture. The Google Earth tour of these two sites will have you walking right up to the colorful wooden sculptures and looking up through the mind-bending multi-tier galleries up to the decorated ceilings of these timber-framed masterpieces. Another thing to know about Poland, the country is currently investing heavily in its hospitals, which have become a hotspot for medical tourism in Europe. I hope you'll enjoy your virtual tour of these two incredible Polish churches on Google Earth's UNESCO World Heritage Map. This is Melody from GlobalMedTravel.com, and I'm wishing you all the best for your travels near and far. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see. What spring is like on Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and I'm here today with words, my guest, Dana Ruggiera. And Dana, we were talking about this project that you've been working on and and just how fortuitous it was that you were able to uh, get so much of the filming and so much of the uh, audio done uh, earlier in this year. And being able to work with so many incredible people. Uh, we were talking about mothers and others for clean air. We had them on our show last year. They are such a unique partnership. Let's talk a little bit more about what they're doing. Yes, absolutely. Mothers and Others for Clean Air is an amazing partnership of public health and child advocacy organizations. Um, Mothers and Others for Clean Air partners with medical and public health professionals, uh, as well as parents of children with asthma and those with chronic disease to advance public policy that will improve air quality and fight climate change in order to reduce the effects of air pollution in public health, especially children's health. And so they're doing amazing work on the ground, uh, 
you know, we saw them, we visited with them at a Grand Rounds training. And, you know, what a Grand Rounds training is, is hospitals have uh, these experts come in. And so this amazing doctor, Dr. Birdsong, she's an epidemiologist uh, and an advisor to Mothers and Others for Clean Air. Uh, She used to work at the CDC and she went into, you know, a room, an auditorium at this amazing hospital called uh, Piedmont Hospital Atlanta. Uh, And we, you know, we filmed there where she gave a presentation about the the climate change and air pollution loop and how basically climate change makes air pollution worse, air pollution makes climate change worse, and so on and so on and so on, and how that impacts children's health and uh, some of these unconnected uh, you know, illnesses and impacts that we're seeing. Uh, and so she you know, hosts this big event and it's medical students, it's doctors, it's nurses, anybody you know, can come in and of course that's a huge hospital in Atlanta that's doing amazing work um we also did an interview with her and we did an interview with Dr. Hartley, who is a pulmonologist there at Piedmont Atlanta Hospital. And so had an opportunity to connect those stories and listen to what they were seeing. And he's, you know, really doing a great job of, of weaving the science and the stories, just like Dr. Birdsog, um, to try to connect those dots to impact public policy and share stories. Our stories are our most powerful tool. And so the you know, Mothers and Others for Clean Air helps these doctors, helps these medical professionals share their stories with some of these decision makers and representatives. And when we talk about the stories, let's talk a little bit about what those stories even mean. Are they stories that they have witnessed in, uh, working with their patients? What kind of, give me an idea of what those stories are like. Absolutely. So we, um, you know, for example, we listened to Dr. Brooks, who is uh, at Children's Healthcare of Atlanta, a hospital there. And she talked about how you know, we've we've once we recognize once doctors, of course, connected the dots around asthma, they were able to really see how environmental impacts uh, can have an effect on asthma. And so, once you know that, you know, the mold in in your environment, or even you know, you know, the exhaust from a diesel school bus, uh, you know, these different things can trigger can help it right once we once we recognize you know something we can we can create solutions around it but in urban areas you know she talks about how you know there's children um in african-american communities that are not getting better you know they're still being impacted there's so much pollution there uh there's you know sort of heat zones there Uh, so you have that air pollution and climate change loop there Um, there might be you know buildings one of the stories that we heard was a a, 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 from nurse johnny who talked about how one of the buildings uh at you know a child at the school where she works at as a nurse as part of in partnership with children's health care of atlanta they found out that the child's home uh, you know 
the landlord wasn't fix, fixing the mold. So they were able to bring in, you know, solutions to that and work with the landlord and work with lawyers. I mean, you know, work with the Children's Healthcare of Atlanta folks, work with the nurse at the school. And everybody's listening. Everybody's connecting the dots around these pieces. And then you have somebody like Mothers and Others for Clean Air, an amazing organization coming in and then also saying, hey, how do we bring in electric school buses? How do we, you know, influence policymakers to, you know, make uh, impacts less from pollution, you know, clean up. I mean, Atlanta is a major hub of transportation with the airlines, the traffic, you know, so a child that lives near a highway is going to be a little bit more impacted. So whereas we're seeing asthma sometimes getting better in certain places, um, in in certain urban communities, we can see it actually not getting better at all. And one in five children still is, is suffering from asthma and that climate change and air pollution triggers are even getting worse, you know? Well, it seems that today there would be some difference in how that works um, considering that people aren't able to go out and just in this very short amount of time since you went and recorded and and heard their stories think how many news stories there are going to be oh I know I know I mean you know we're coming up on hurricane season we are seeing hotter you know days of course, in months still, we are um, going to still see unseasonal allergies. Um, we're going to see insects that we've never seen before in certain spots. I mean, we're still going to see impacts of climate change. And of course, those hotter days um, you know, are going to impact you know children with asthma in different ways than, than somebody that's healthy, just like we see with the virus. You know, if somebody already has uh, struggling lungs, right, um, this is a virus that attacks our lungs. This is a virus that, you know, attacks people that are not as healthy. And so, you know, the one thing that we can do is to continue to call on our elected officials, to call on our representatives, to not roll back, you know, any pollution standards. We have to stay on top of making sure that right now and when we come out of this pandemic, that we are trying to make things better, especially for our children. Well, that's a that's a bandwagon that we can all get on board and being able to each and every one of us get connected with our representatives and uh, with our neighbors through, uh, you know, have a a Zoom call and and just talk about ways that uh, that we can find uh, connections to ensure that these regulations and these standards uh, continue to, to just be working for the people versus against the people. Oh, yeah, that's that's absolutely true. That narrative healthcare piece comes into that a little bit where not only is it healthy for doctors and nurses and, you know, these healthcare professionals to share their stories and that this idea of of, of telling our stories during this time is important, you know, maybe more than ever, you know, and we can, we can each share our stories with each other. We can write our stories, you know, even, you know, sharing on social media, writing blogs, writing to our elected officials, or just writing a poem to heal ourselves. I mean, this is time where we need to be taking care of ourselves. Right. And so, you know, writing and and combining stories and science and but also just writing 
you know, storytelling to heal, telling our story is healing. And also having somebody listen to your story is so healing. It is so healing. And we are so lucky that we have uh, the great outdoors and we can go for a walk. Uh, We can sit under a tree. We can take a picture. I'm finding that I'm taking more pictures as I'm taking walks. I just want to get into the nitty gritty detail of a leaf or a blossom and, and really just exploit that in the visual that then I want to share with others. Because in a lot of ways, I feel that each and every one of us is holding the space for everybody. And we all have a responsibility to stay healthy and and be aware and be mindful uh, of ways that we can work together to find solutions. And Dana, I just want to say, um, last year, the entire year, we did the Speaking of Travel and Climate Listening Project Uh, every month and I'd love to get back to doing that but I want everybody to know you can go to speakingoftravel.net slash climate series and you'll find every episode that Dana Roger and I did uh, talking about climate change. Dana when we come back I want to talk more about uh, the narrative healthcare and where we are today. This is Marilyn Ball you're listening to Speaking of Travel. Green is good. Local food, less oil. Renewable energy, sustainable peace. Tree hugger. Say no to GMOs. Be kind to animals. Don't eat them. Go solar. Coexist. Don't buy a dog. Rescue one. Keep Asheville weird. We just read the bumper stickers on the back of a Subaru. Welcome to Subiville. Prestige Subaru. On the web at PrestigeSubaru.com. At Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours, we welcome folks from around the world and locally onto our tours. People love to travel and discover new places and new experiences, and we love being a part of that here in beautiful Asheville, North Carolina. Most of us right now are not traveling due to the COVID-19 pandemic sweeping across the globe. While travel and tourism make up the biggest part of our regional economy, providing thousands of jobs, and our community greatly feels that loss in tourism right now, we know that there will be time to travel safely in the near future. We wish everyone good health and safety during this time. Community is what brings us together. We at Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours look forward to welcoming you to our community and showing you the city from a bird's eye view. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on... Can you believe that this year is the 50th anniversary of Earth Day? 50-year anniversary. Dana, I just can't believe... I don't even think you were born when Earth Day started. No, it was not, no. (laughs) But here you are now, one of the most knowledgeable people in the environment and with climate change and listening to people's stories and just really being on the forefront for us in being mindful of the Earth and our planet and our 
our connections and and working together and how important. I just want to shout out to you a big thank you for the work that you've done already in helping bring people together and bringing solutions. You know, I was talking before the break about Uh, our series, our Speaking of Travel and Climate Listening Project series, and you bringing in these people from all over the world to talk about um, solutions and and wellness and and being mindful. You did that, Dana. You brought all those people together. And I just want to thank you so much for just staying out there. Even when things are tough, you still... You still keep out there for the people and the planet. Thank you. Oh, Marilyn, thank you. Thank you. I'm so honored to do this, you know, with you. And and just thank you for listening. Thank you to everyone out there, too. Thank you. Well, let's talk about Earth Day and what's going on. And it's a different year for sure to be having a big uh, half a century anniversary right now. I know, I know. It's, you know, 50 years of of celebrating our Earth, recognizing our planet and, you know, how ecosystems are so connected and, you know, how we're a part of our Earth, right? You know, sometimes I think when I started out so many years ago and in talking about our planet, I would talk about the environment as if it was something, you know, to save over there, out there, this animal or this, you know, tree. But then I realized that we are that. We are the thing, you know, to save. We're the, we're part of our earth. We very much are, you know, animals living here on earth, (laughs) you know, and we have so many of us that are so unique, so wonderful, uh, you know, billions of people on earth uh, that all have our own stories to share. And so instead of, you know, talking at people and saying, hey, you need to save the earth. I think that now it's about listening to each other and saying, how can we, you know, help each other? How can we help our earth? And how can we help our earth? Let's uh, put out some solutions. I, I always am reminded of the wood thrush story and the documentary that you did about the wood thrush. I have to tell you, that was truly one of the most popular speaking of travel episodes ever. I had phone calls thanking me for, for sharing, having you share that wood thrush migration story from Belize to Asheville to Western North Carolina and that we can do something to help the wood thrush by planting different seeds that was really easy like we could do that and see a result in a year so what are some things Dana that you think we could start doing just right now uh in our own in our own backyard in our own head even Yeah, absolutely. So I think one of the things that's really cool about Earth Day is that 50 years ago, you know, in addition to celebrating the Earth, there also was all of these different communities of people that came together to fight to protect the Earth, right? So you had fishermen coming together and fisherwomen saying, hey, 
you know, we need to protect our waterways. We want to have clean rivers. You know, you had birders and people that love the birds coming together and saying, hey, you know, we need to protect our forests so our birds have places to migrate. And the list goes on and on and on, right? Um, you know, so, and it's still that way today. So if you, if you think about what it is that you love, what it is that you connect with, there is an action that you can take that is already in, you know, in you, in your space. You know, and so you can listen to our past episodes, you know, at Speaking of Travel. And, you know, if, it's, if, if um, you know, your home is, is what you, you know, really are enjoy. We had people that come on and talk about, you know, easy green tips. Um, we had a woman, uh, Laura Lennick, come on and talk about how to plant a sustainable garden. We had uh, Kim Brand and, you know, the wood thrush folks come on and talk about how to plant native species in your yard to protect birds. Uh, we had, you know, all of these amazing people come on to, to share these very easy tips um, from faith to, you know, protecting your children and cleaning the air in your home and having a green home. We did that with the Green Built Alliance. Um, you know, every single thing um, that that you can do, we have, we have talked about in these amazing episodes. And there are so many ways. And now that we're at home, I think it's a really cool thing that, uh, you know, in this horrible time, right, and in this stressful time, you know, those can be shining lights, right? So if you're planting a garden you know talk about it on social media but also just know if you don't want to do that if you don't a good impact by by planting that garden, by planting those native bushes so that the birds can come and eat. I've had so many people recently writing to me. I had a friend yesterday text me a picture. I have a lot of people saying right now, Dana, is this a wood thrush? The, I think the wood thrush are back, Dana. And it, it just gives me hope to know that these are the stories that connect us. I love that. And I was thinking, too, about uh, the show that we did with, the, uh, with Joshua Martin the director of the Environmental Paper Network, and he was talking about the hashtag Unwrap the Truth campaign. And after that talk and hearing him talk about how much paper was being used in the world, I really made an effort to stop uh, and listen and think uh, in my head, what am I what am I using here in my home that I don't need to be using that is going to impact yes. Uh, you know, paper products uh, and our forests. And I started a different uh, trend for myself. And uh, I thought it was really interesting when there was this, uh, you know, suddenly everybody's out buying toilet paper. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I hope they're buying recycled toilet paper like <laughs> I do. <laughs> <Thank> you, <Marilyn>. <laughs> 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 and I made sure that those that was what I was picking up. So, you know, there are That's ways true. that you can really just make those kind of changes in your household right now. Absolutely. One of my favorite shows was with Sarah Day Evans of Accelerating Appalachia. And, you know, she talked about buying local and all of these amazing small businesses. And I think that's something that I've been really trying to do right now. And it's hard. That's definitely been something that is difficult in this time. But I'm trying, I joined, you know, a CSA to support a local farmer. You know, um, you know, people are talking about, you know, getting takeout or, or trying to support local businesses and local shops. I mean, I, that is something that actually helps 
our local environment because things aren't having to be transported really far. It saves on paper because of packaging. I mean, there's the impacts, uh, you know, ripple out from just supporting a local business. And also it's good for your local community. Absolutely. And Dana, I want, in fact, that just made me realize that we could do a whole series just talking about what we can do and and create a movement. Because I just read an article in the paper today where they were talking with somebody from ASAP, the Appalachian Sustainable Agricultural Project. And it was about the impact that farmers are having right now. And one woman who they interviewed said, you know, we planted all of this uh, vegetable for these restaurants who had requested it, you know, six months ago, a year ago, that these were vegetables that they wanted to purchase from us. So we grew them and now the restaurants are closed and people don't have food. And how can we get this food to them? That could be a whole series you and I can talk about. I love that. Yes. Well, I think we need to, um, really think about how we can step out this week right now and and pay attention to what's out there in our own community and look at ways that you can get connected and Dana I can't thank you enough for being on the show today it's it's just so wonderful to connect with you I've been following what you're doing you've been so busy and and now it's time to you know just put it all together and 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 hope have hope and faith that we're going to move on from this and it's going to be even better. Oh, absolutely. I I really, you know, I really believe in the power of of humanity and I believe in hope and I believe in us, you know, I believe I believe in us. And so I definitely encourage folks to, you know, share their stories, listen to each other. Um, you know, we'll be sharing this film, um, you know, not right now, but we're going to be starting to share vignettes of these doctors, these nurses, these healthcare professionals. We'll start to share small videos. We'll have photos and quotes and content. People can learn more about this project on planetprescription.com. That's the name of the project, Planet Prescription. And it's a project of the Climate Listening Project. Um, and the film will be coming soon. But we'll be you know, keeping people updated through the Climate Listening Project Facebook page. And of course, people can learn more about Narrative Healthcare through Narrative Healthcare's Facebook page and Mothers and Others for Clean Air through their, through their social media and website as well. That is awesome. Thank you, Dana Roger, for being with us today on Speaking of Travel. This is a great week to go out and really make a difference. We're, we've been homebound for a long time. It's, it's, there's so much we can do right here in our own homes. Uh, connect with your neighbors. Connect with your family. Get online. Find ways that you can do something. Make a donation. Get dog food happening whatever because remember life is short don't postpone joy Run to, run.